everyone wants to make the most of their life. Pastor and teacher Dr. Bill Galarakis of Columbia Road Baptist Church guides us into that focused and meaningful Christian life that will make a difference today and for eternity. Get ready for our next episode of Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. Here's Pastor Bill. How do you know what God's will for your life is? That's a really important question. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you love him and you want to please him, then you want to do his will for your life. I remember as a young believer being faced with a very, very hard decision. I came to Christ uh, just before I left for college. And in my undergraduate studies, about halfway through my time there, I felt that God was calling me into full-time Christian service. This wasn't the first time I had ever been wrestling with what God wanted me to do, but it was perhaps one of the biggest decisions that I had ever made or was going to make because I had already started down this pathway of studying computer science, planning on going into the secular work world, and this is the course that I had set myself on when I was much younger. And now I felt that something was changing, and I felt this call or this pull, or this desire into ministry. And I can remember walking around 2, 3 in the morning outside of the computer labs, uh, so frustrated with the work that I was doing there because my heart wasn't in it, and I knew that something else was going on, but I wasn't absolutely sure. It was a big deal to give up everything that you had worked towards. I can remember another time, after I had surrendered to full-time Christian service, I didn't know if I was supposed to be a pastor or a missionary. And one week, I was adamant, 100% sure I was going to be a pastor. And then the next week, I was 100% sure I was going to be a missionary. And maybe you find yourself wanting to know what the will of God is. And maybe it's not about full-time Christian service. Maybe it's about what relationship to pour your life into. Maybe it's about, should I, should I date this person? Maybe it's about, should I take that job? Maybe it's about, should I work in this field or in that field. Or maybe you've just been asked to serve God. Someone says, hey, would you be willing to be a a children's worker? Would you be willing to sing in the, the choir? Or would you be willing to whatever it is? And you're trying to decide, is this God's will or is this my will? That's one of the great battles of the Christian life. What is from me and what is from God? We have lots of desires that bubble up in our heart. And we need to know what God's will is because sometimes those desires, they don't make a whole lot of sense on the surface. We might have good friends, godly friends, good godly counsel that would say, I don't understand why you would do that. And yet something is happening inside of us. And so if you can't get rid of those impressions and you're plunged into great doubt and uneasiness about making this decision, and you want to know what God's will is for you, I want to help you with some of those things today. This is something that's been a great help to me. There was a a lady named Hannah Whittle-Smith, who was a a Quaker, and uh, she has a book out uh, during her time, and of course she's with the Lord now, but it was The Christian Secret to a Happy Life, and it is a wonderful book, and I recommend that everybody reads through it. But one of the passages, or excuse me, chapters that she puts in is how to determine the will of God And it has been such a help to me, and I want to share it with you. When you are fully surrendered, you will know God's will for your life. When you are fully surrendered, let's turn that around and say it at least this way. If you are not fully surrendered, chances are it's going to be impossible for you to find the mind of God on whatever reference point you're looking at. 
We need to be ready to say yes to the Lord in every respect. Some people will want to put God on trial, as it were, and say, I'm only going to obey if I like what I hear. Well, you may not find out what God's will is then, because you're withholding that complete obedience to him. And some people would say, well, I don't want to do what God has for my life, and and I'm only willing to do certain things, and I've drawn lines in the sand, and I'm not going to cross them. I understand where you are. This message is probably not for you today then. But for those that hear his voice and want to know what it is he's saying to you, I'd like to read you a few passages of Scripture. John chapter 10, verses 3 and 4 says, He calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. If you know the shepherd, if you know Christ as Savior, it says that you will recognize his voice, and he will lead you in and out. Think about a shepherd leading the sheep to the direction where they need to go. It says that the shepherd is going to go before his sheep, and his sheep will follow them. John chapter 14 and verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. What do we see with these different passages? We see that divine guidance has been promised to us. God has promised that he will lead us, and if he has promised that he will lead us, then we need to know when it is he's speaking and how he's speaking. So settle it in your heart that you believe that God wants to lead you. And he's not going to play hide-and-seek with his will. He's not purposefully being difficult. He wants you to know what you're supposed to do. So he may guide you into different paths that, on the front, don't look very promising. He may guide you in a direction to take a, a certain route that when you look at it, humanly speaking, you don't see how it's going to work out. Your friends may look at it. Some of the people you respect in life, they may look at it. And sometimes we're short-sighted, and we think we know everything, but we don't. God is the one who knows the end from the beginning. We don't. So sometimes this will result in confusion. But remember that God's thoughts are not man's thoughts, and his ways are not man's ways. So when you're a disciple, when you're a follower of the Lord— you may be called upon to forsake certain things. If you were to look in Luke chapter 14, verses 26 through 33, it talks about that not just being saved only, but also as a follower, we may be asked to turn our back on some things. Some of the desires that we had for ourselves in this life, we may have to give up. It sounds really simple, or excuse me, it sounds really silly right now, but I can think back to some of my thoughts when I was walking around the campus of Ohio State wrestling with whether or not I was supposed to be a pastor or if I was supposed to be in ministry because I had all of these financial plans. I was going to take certain types of vacations. I was going to have a certain type of boat. I was going to have a certain uh, figured salary in my mind. And I just, I kept asking God, why can't I just be a, a deacon who gives generously in my church? Why do I end up having to be a pastor? And what a, what a sad thing that I was so worried about money, but I had gotten the idea that money was equivalent with success. And so I battled that. 
And until I was willing to say yes to God, whatever it would mean, me giving up, I wasn't going to have clarity on it. And so the child of God who wants to enter into this life of following, this life of obedience, sooner or later you're going to be led into paths that are not going to make sense to some other people. And you've got to be able to trust the Lord through all of this and be prepared that this is a normal occurrence. So there's four different ways that God speaks to a Christian, and I want you to take note of these four things, these four voices. And it's the harmony of these voices. When you find all of them pointing in the same direction at the same thing, you can be confident that this is what God wants for you. The first thing is by the voice of Scripture. The second is the voice of of those inward impressions from the Holy Spirit. The third is the voice of our own higher judgment. And the fourth is the voice of providential circumstances. So again, those are the voice of Scripture, impressions from the Holy Spirit, the voice of our own higher judgment or reasoning, and the voice of providential circumstances. And we'll go through each one of these things and how they all point together. But we can say it's pretty safe that God is speaking to you when all four of these things harmonize, when they all agree with one another. And his voice will always be in harmony with itself, no matter how he's speaking to you. If one of these voices, so to speak, tells you to do something or leave something undone, you can trust that God is not going to tell you the opposite with another voice. So the first thing is to see, is my impression, is what I'm going through, in accordance with Scripture. Just so you know, if one of these tests fail, whether it's Scripture or impression from the Holy Spirit or our own um, sanctified judgment or providential circumstances, if one of these fail, we have to wait in quiet trust until the Lord brings us to that place of harmony. Don't kick down the door. Don't try and force your way through it. And be aware that there's other voices that are speaking to us, that are speaking to the soul, Uh, Our souls, there's the voice of self, our flesh, that's constantly pulling us towards sin and selfishness. And then there's voices of this world, this whole godless system out there that's telling us what we ought to do and not do. And then you have evil and deceiving spirits, the enemy himself, who want to try and trap everyone who's seeking to follow Jesus Christ by getting them off track. So just as the Holy Spirit may tell us or give us these impressions what the will of God is, so these spiritual enemies by impressions will also give us trouble. And we've got to have some sort of test or standard. And so the first thing is, when we're taking these impressions, when this idea has bubbled up inside of us or this desire has bubbled up inside of us and we're trying to figure out, is this from God or is this from somewhere else? The first thing is, um, what does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say? If we haven't looked there first, There's no point in looking any further. The scriptures are very detailed as far as what God wants for our life. He is not going to give you some desire of your heart. The Spirit of God is not going to give you some desire inside of your heart to do something that is directly against scripture. You don't have to pray and seek God's face about whether or not you ought to steal something. Because God has already said what his will is on that, that you should not steal. You don't have to um, look at, should I take this job if this job is crooked and seek God's will about it? You don't have to ask, should I date this person when this person is not a believer and has no interest in the things of God? Um, If you're spending money on something that you know is immoral, you shouldn't think, well, I need to pray about this and see what God's will is. It's pretty clear what God wants us to do. 
uh, whether it comes, should I forgive somebody? Should I be separated from the world or like the world? Um, how should I deal with my anxieties? There's all sorts of different things. How should I conduct myself? All sorts of different things the Bible says very clearly. So that's one of the first areas we look for for harmony. So if you find yourself confused, the best thing that you can do is to see whether or not the Bible speaks on this point. And whatever is there, whatever's plainly taught there, that's what you and I must submit ourselves to if we're going to know what the will of God is. So that rules a number of things out to begin with, a number of things out. And be careful when you're looking in the scripture to try and find support for what you want to do if you take it out of context. People have done great uh, injustice to the scriptures, if you want to call it that, by trying to find a Bible verse that tells them that they can do what it is they want to do. You can look up and find passages isolated by themselves in the Bible, cherry-picking out different passages and say, see, here, it's okay for me to do this. But all of Scripture needs to be considered. All of Scripture is inspired, is God-breathed, and all of it is profitable. And so we need to be looking at not just one part of it that lets us do what we want, but all of it, all of it. So see what the, the principles are, and be careful that you don't just try and justify your own actions. So when you have this impression in you, the first thing you do is you look at the scriptures and say, what do they say? The second thing is, what does your own higher judgment or common sense say? The Bible talks about how a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. It also says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Throughout the scriptures, especially when we look in the book of Proverbs, wherever we're told it's essential for us as children of God to use all the faculties that we have been given as we go through this world. Now, we're not to depend on our unenlightened human understanding. We're not to try and lean unto our own understanding. The Bible says to be, to be aware that that is a pathway to danger. But when we have human judgment, our common sense that's enlightened by the Spirit of God, when we have that wise counsel, God will speak to us through the faculties he's given us and not independently of them. And so this is important. If, if you look at something that you're trying to decide and your own common sense says this is a terrible idea, wait. If you are truly seeking after the Lord, if you are trying to walk according to his counsels, his wisdom, and human wisdom of a believer, your wisdom does not match up with what it is this impression is. I want you to wait until you have harmony on it. The third and last test is to be looking at providential circumstances. If God is leading you in a certain way, he's always going to open it. Remember in John chapter 10 and verse 4, it says, And he putteth forth his own sheep, and excuse me, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. So like the shepherd who's leading the way and opening the way for them, we follow after. And so he goes before us. He goes ahead of us. And he'll open all those doors for us. We don't have to try and kick down the doors. If you feel like God wants me to do this, but there is no way, no open door for you, don't kick down the door. Wait in trust. When we feel that stop in our minds about anything, we have to wait 
until that stop, that warning, that red flag is removed. So, so again, you're, we're talking about what do we do with these impressions, these desires from the Spirit of God, or we think might be from the Spirit of God. Well, we run them by three different tests, right? What do the scriptures say? Does it align with the Bible? The second thing is, what does our own sanctified judgment or reason say about it? And the third thing is, what doors has God opened? What is the providential circumstances? When these things line up with those impressions from what we think is the Holy Spirit, then we can have confidence that God is speaking to us. So we we don't want to ignore the voice of our inward impressions uh, and just run right past them because we very well may be ignoring what God wants us to say. But we also don't want to just go with that. I, I know people that have said, well, I know the Bible says I'm not supposed to do this, but the Holy Spirit told me to do it anyway. That is not, that is not the will of God. The, the will of God, the Spirit of God in his impressions, will never contradict the word of God. Remember, God's promise is that he's going to work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. This means that he'll take control, possession of our will, and the wherewithal to get the works done. And so when his impressions come to us, they're going to come from the inside, not the outside. I know that we want something perhaps more mystical to happen. We want to hear a voice and coming from the stars as we look up into the heavens at night, and we want to see the chorus of angels above us. But the vast majority of people don't end up with anything like that. What we get is the still small voice, is that impression in our heart. It's something that comes from the inside. And so that is how the Spirit works. It will originate in our will, and we will feel as though we've always wanted to do this or, or we, that we must not do this. And so the Holy Spirit usually works in his direct guidance to impress upon a mind, a wish, or a desire to either do something or leave something undone. So here's the example pattern. All right, so here's, here's something that has come up. And I'm trying to figure out whether or not this is of God or of man. I don't know what it is, but there's something there. So if this idea, that this suggestion that has come into my mind, let's say, is it first in accordance with Scripture? Second, is it in accordance with my sanctified judgment, godly wisdom? And third, is it in accord with providential circumstances? If it is, obey quickly before you're distracted or discouraged. Don't put it off. Don't wait. So often, God will speak to us, and we won't know whether it's his will or not. But now you have tools to look at it. You've got different checks. But if you have that harmony, the longer you wait on actually doing what God is speaking to you about, the easier it is for you to say no to him. The longer you wait, the easier it is for you to say no to him. So at the moment that the Spirit speaks to you, it is always easiest to respond in that moment. That's why we have times of invitation in our church service. If you're looking for a church, I would recommend that you find a church where they often are giving a time of invitation. And during an invitation, we want people to respond to God. Whatever it is he's asking them to do, we want them to tell him yes in that moment. We want them to yield, to surrender, to allow God to do something transformative in their lives. And we want them to respond right away. So if the Bible message has prompted them to do something, they can commit to it right then. So when we look at this, these voices of harmony, when we look at these suggestions that come up from inside of us, 
if it's not clear enough to act upon, if you don't have what people would say is that piece about it, wait for further light. That was always one of the funniest things when I was in Bible college. And, of course, one of the things that happens in Bible college is that there's a lot of people trying to find uh, their life's mate. So there are ladies trying to find out the guy that the Lord has for them or gentlemen that are trying to find the lady that the Lord has for them. And oftentimes, someone will be asked out on uh, an activity, and they'll say, oh, well, I just don't have peace about it. And it's almost uh, it's almost a little bit tongue-in-cheek by uh, the time you've seen it enough times. But what does that even mean to not have peace about it? It means that you don't see all of these voices in harmony with one another. So you're taking the impressions that have come up inside of you, and you're comparing them to Scripture, you're comparing them to your own sanctified reason or common sense, and you're comparing them to, lastly, providential circumstances. And if you have a clear sense that something is right, act on it. The Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin, which means we should never act in doubt. So wait. There's a children's song from Patch the Pirate that says, if it's doubtful, don't do it. Take time to pray, or or take time to wait and pray through it. So I want you to have that be your motto. If it's doubtful, don't do it. But if you have all of these voices in harmony, follow after God promptly, immediately, before the opportunity is stolen away or before you become discouraged or distracted. I hope that that will be a test for you, something that you can take with you and use in your life as you try and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for tuning in to Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast to catch our next episode. To hear even more of God's Word, we invite you to join us this Sunday either in person at Columbia Road Baptist Church, North Olmsted, Ohio, or online at columbiaroad.org live, YouTube, or through our mobile app. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Remember, let's be more than hearers. Let's be doers. Live out the truth of God's Word this week, and you'll change people's lives and their eternities. Until next time, thanks for listening, and may God bless you.